Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Thank you so much, Gary. Coming up on 835 here on this Thursday morning, January 4th, 2024. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed, and you're listening to News Radio WRVA. That story about Epstein. What Bill Clinton said he knew or didn't know, or his spokesperson said it. Bill Clinton also said he did not have sex with that woman. So I'm not really sure we believe much of what Bill Clinton says. I don't know. Is anybody shocked that what he said wasn't the truth? Probably not. But we're going to digress for a minute and talk a little bit about what's going on around the world with former Governor Jim Gilmore. Good morning. Good morning, Karen. Great to have a chance to be with you. Thank you. Before we talk about international affairs, I have to talk about the car tax. I know you talked about this with John Reed also, but I'm just curious about your thoughts on the proposal by Governor Youngkin to eliminate the car tax, something you had recommended. And I can't remember what you were proposing would replace that that stream of income for Virginia. What were you proposing? And do you know what Governor Youngkin is proposing to replace that stream of income? Well, first of all, I think that the getting it into the first of all, I support the uh, the governor in his effort to reawaken the car tax cut and to begin to move it towards 100 uh, percent. Back when when I was governor, when I was leaving the governor's office, the General Assembly, including some Republicans, uh, changed the formula. So there was no longer a percent phase, out, but a total dollar cap. And what that meant is over time, you're actually gradually reinstating the car tax. Uh, and that's bad. So the governor is right about this. If I was governor, I would be doing that. And I think that he's doing the right thing. Now, you've asked the question, what about the replacement of the money? You know, that is a, a falling into the pattern of saying that this is a zero-sum game, mm-hmm. that the government of Virginia just has to take $1, uh, and if you give it back to the taxpayer, then you have to take another dollar from him someplace else. That's not tax reform, and that's not a tax cut. Uh, so what I would do is give a real tax cut to people by re- uh, removing the uh, the uh, the car tax, but not just trying to raise taxes someplace else. So now your question is, well, what are you going to do to replace the money? Well, the answer is there's plenty of money. And if you make a priority, a tax cut for people, there's plenty of money to be able to devote that in any budget. And you can do that. And so you have to start getting people to think once again about tax reform and about a tax cut uh, in order to uh, to get the job done. And I think you could go do it very gradually. You, if I actually, one mistake I made was I cooperated with everybody by phasing it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could just move forward pretty dramatically now to take another percent or two off the uh, off the car tax and just keep things moving in the right direction. I know the people want that. Yes, I've always found it very odd that you get taxed on something that you buy 
you bought this product, you were taxed on when you bought the product, and now you're taxed on having the product. It just it never made any sense to me. So international. I will give you a. I will give you a direct answer though on the other thing is that it seemed to me that my plan was always to get it to 100 percent phase out and then do a tax reform, and I had in mind a, a tax sharing with the localities. Uh, there's so much money coming into the Commonwealth right now. There would be no reason why you couldn't do a genuine tax reform with a uh, revenue share to the localities in order to help them out, but at the same time not getting them dependent upon the car tax, which should be abolished. But go ahead, I'm listening. Oh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about international affairs. It feels like things are escalating and and that things are, are getting more concerning. First of all, let's start with Ukraine, because I know you follow that very carefully. I saw that there was a prisoner swap. Do you see that as a good thing, uh, a, a, a non-event? What, do you, what are your thoughts about what's going on in Ukraine? Well, I think a prisoner swap's a good thing, because it means that the two sides are talking. And I, I think that that's a positive thing, particularly for the people who are engaged in the battlefield. And I think our, our friends who are listening on the radio right now ought to remember that we're nice and warm and comfortable and clean uh, in our houses here and, uh, in the holiday season. Whereas people fighting for their country and fighting for their lives really are over there in trenches, uh, dirty, trying to stay alive while fighting against the Russian aggressor. What's at stake here, and what I've been saying for quite a long time, is the entire international system. And that is that the Russians and the Chinese, for that matter, are beginning to reshape the international system to say that uh, aggression, conquest, atrocity, stealing of children, uh, rape, murder is going to be the new order of the day. And if that prevails, uh, then at that point, it's game on. Now, the second problem, of course, is that Putin's made it quite clear what his objective is. His objective is the reassembly of the Russian Empire, the old Soviet Empire. And Ukraine is the essential first step. If he doesn't have control of Ukraine, then he doesn't have a Russian Empire. So if 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 he conquers Ukraine, then it's, it's game on at that point. Uh, and what is really at work here, uh, Karen, is the very unnerving rumor that the Biden people were putting out about a week ago that the U.S. was going to stop trying to support Ukraine in victory and instead try to prepare them for a negotiation. I, I want to tell people listening to me right now, negotiation is no magical formula here. Uh, you know, we all know what negotiation is. And, you know, we can have a negotiation today. All Putin's got to do is withdraw from Ukraine and Crimea and go back home again and run his own country. But instead, he chooses to be a fascist aggressor and a conqueror. Uh, And that's not in the American interest. It's not in the European interest. I I served there for almost two years under the Trump administration. I've talked to all those countries over there. I know the danger, and so do they. Well, how is Ukraine doing, though, in this war? I mean, it just seems like it's just... I mean, is there an end game to this? Do you think there's a likelihood of success? I mean, what's the realistic? I think that's what Biden would say is what's the re- reality of what's going on? Well, I think that President Biden delayed so long in his support of Ukraine that he gave the Russians time to dig in and create a defensive position. And now Putin understands he can't win. He can't win on the battlefield at this point. Uh, so what he has to do at this point is get himself into a stalemate where the Americans lose their resolve. And that is the danger, that the Americans and the Europeans will lose their resolve. And messaging is key here, Karen. If you send this message, in politics, sending a message is key. I know that. You know that. And that's what's going on here. Uh, We're sending a message of lack of resolve. What that does is encourages Putin to stick with it. 
and to continue to fight. You know, the Russians are not 10 feet tall. They can, they can lose their resolve. They lost in Afghanistan. Uh, we lost in Afghanistan because of the catastrophic withdrawal that we did the way that we did it. Uh, and there were lots of other messages that, uh, that Biden sent at the beginning of his administration that encouraged this uh, and invited this war by Putin. Now, the, uh, Biden has sent another message that says it's been one of strength. And now he's flipping again and sending a message of weakness. Uh, this is uh, terribly confusing to our allies and to the Ukrainians who are fighting for their lives. Uh, and resolve is the key. If it's seen that we are resolved, then sooner or later the Russian situation will crack. We've seen plenty of evidence of that already. It's going to take some time, though. Americans can't just assume that a major war is going to be over with overnight. Well, we didn't invade at D-Day and then defeat the Nazis the following day. Uh, so it, it takes time to be able to do that. But the last point I want to make uh, while I'm talking here is this is American interest at stake here, not just Ukrainian liberty and freedom and, and livelihoods. This is America that's at stake. If the Russians prevail, they will prove that they can intimidate Europe. At that point, that changes the politics of Europe. At some point in the future, there's a danger that the Europeans become more neutralized. If Europe becomes more neutralized, that's a message into the Pacific that the Chinese should invade Taiwan. And then at that point, we're in a two-front war the way we were in World War II, and we need to understand that our very lives and security as Americans is in danger. That is what I've been talking about for the last couple of years, and the situation now is more acute than ever. Switching gears a minute to Israel. So Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is going to Israel, I believe, today. And when I talked to Jordana Miller earlier today, she confirmed that I guess there are still six American hostages being held by Israel. I think it's kind of odd that we don't seem to be focusing on that, that there are six hostages, American hostages, if they're still alive. I know we there were eight. I guess we know that two have been confirmed dead. But what would you expect to hear from Anthony Blinken in Israel? And what should we be doing to try and figure out how to get our six Americans back? Yeah, well, look, uh, we're not, we don't have troops on the ground in Israel. We don't have troops on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, that is uh, not our, uh, our game plan at this point to put the American Army, the American Navy and Air Force into combat, except that I think the, the evidence is that the Iranians are trying to draw the United States into the contract, into the conflict, mm-hmm. particularly in the Red Sea and those kinds of conflicts. But what we have to do is be resolute again. I mean, again, this is all about American resolve. If America sends a message of strength, then a lot of these problems over the near run get solved. But if we send messages of irresolution that you encourage uh, aggression and you encourage that kind of uh, kind of behavior. So the bottom line is that we have to, first of all, decide once and for all, are we going to believe that Israel has a right to exist at all? The same way we have to ask the question, do we have a right that we believe that the Ukrainian nation has a right to exist at all, which Putin denies and that uh, and, and Israel uh, the uh, the enemy there uh, denies that Israel has the right to exist, and they want to destroy that country completely, as you say, from the river to the sea. Uh, that's that's their slogan for the destruction of Israel. Uh, so uh, we have to be resolute. Bottom line is there are people who say, well, uh, we don't you know we don't like the conditions in Gaza and all that, and I understand all that, and I'm sympathetic to that to that position. But you cannot be sympathetic to people who cross a border murder 1,200 Israelis in the most brutal possible way, and then all of a sudden we, we support their political position? 
it well, makes you no can't sense. do that. <laughs> you start the no war and then you want there to be a ceasefire. That's basically what happened is they started this. Same, they... same thing in Ukraine. Well, let's have a ceasefire and get into a negotiation, which is a recipe for surrender. Karen, and that's what people need to understand, that this this uh, call for negotiation in Israel. I mean, you know, you've killed 1,200 of our people. You say that we don't have the right to exist, and then you demand that we do it into a ceasefire and into a negotiation. What kind of negotiation would that be? Yeah, a negotiation is you return all the hostages, including the Americans, and you uh, bring the people who committed these atrocities to trial uh, as, uh, as war criminals. True in Israel, true in Ukraine. Well, you said the need to exude strength, and I'm not sure our current president really just exudes that level of strength. I don't think that that's a term you would use for the current president, so I guess that's part of the concern. Uh, Former Governor Jim Gilmore, thank you so much for joining us, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners, Karen, and thank you. Thank you so much. Coming up on 847 here on this Thursday morning, I'm Karen Michael M. for John Reed, and you're listening to News Radio WRVA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.